Hey y'all, it's time for some damn good content. I'm Shelby Claymall, your host and business bestie. I'm a content creator, social media manager, and coach, keynote speaker, wife, and a mama of two who ditched her nine to five to build a thriving multi six-figure business solely using social media. Just like you, I'm a working mom and a wife with limited time. So I'm committed to cutting the fluff and delivering tips and fresh ideas straight to your earbuds on how you too can harness damn good content and create that type of business that you love and are proud of. Each week, we'll deep dive into strategy and mindset of building your brand on social media so that your confidence and success in the online space can skyrocket. Get ready to step outside of your comfort zone and start creating some damn good content. Are you ready? Let's freaking get it. All right, guys, episode four is ready and it is about to hit your earbuds right now. It is with Casey and we talk about all things business. We talk about the mastermind and how we met. We talk about how being in business is very lonely, but if you surround yourself with such great people, it doesn't have to be. We talk about how to scale your business from a six-figure business to a seven-figure business, how to go from a startup and start thinking like a business owner, how to potentially retire your spouse or whomever you want and your dreams that you want to accomplish. It is such a good episode. Make sure you tune in, get your notebook, get your pen, and get ready for some goodness to your ears. Let us know in the reviews, share this thing, tag us on social. All right, y'all, tune in. Hey guys, welcome to episode four. I have my girl Casey D'Amato on with me. Y'all, she's in this mastermind with me and she has really flipped my world upside down. I know half the time she doesn't like me to say that, but she's really helped me think outside of the box and really go from thinking like a startup business to an actual business and driving it to the point where maybe I can retire John one day. I am so freaking excited to have you here to join uh, me and really deep dive into what we think about the mastermind that we're doing together, as well as all the business tips that you have for myself and for all the small business owners or people that are waiting to take that leap out of corporate and start their own business. Thank you so much, Casey, for joining me. How are you? I'm doing well, Shelby. I'm so excited to be here and be a guest on your podcast. So excited for you and the launch of your podcast. Oh, thank you, girl. Y'all, I will tell you this. The moment I found out I was in the mastermind. All of you know, I was accepted into Jasmine Starr's mastermind. And the moment I found out, I was actually in Disney World. Um, It was day one. And my phone started blowing up. And I got this awesome DM slide in from Casey. And she was so sweet. She was like, I'm really, really excited to meet you. And she just hit the ground running. And she was like, how can I help? That is one attribute about you that you are very selfless and you just want to help all of us and scaling our business and getting better in ways that we can in order to succeed. And we absolutely love that, um, that to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, um, what you do and how we can utilize your services. Go ahead. Just give us, give us everything. Oh my gosh. You're so cute. I remember that first day when I reached out to you. When, when you, I didn't know you were at Disney at the time, but I saw you on social and you had all this confidence, public speaking, and I just saw right away that spark. And I was just thought, I've got to connect with Shelby before we get together, before this mastermind even kicks off and get yes. to know you a little bit better. So yes. I'm super excited. So I'm a concierge business and life coach. So I help people scale their life and business. That's what I do. I, you know, by trade, I started as a dermatology physician assistant and I've had a lot of different chapters in my entrepreneur journey. And it's brought me to this point, which is the most fulfilling, I think, of anything I've ever done is helping people uh, think bigger, see bigger, and not be afraid to take the leap to bring their life, their business to the next level and make it feel easy and like the impossible is possible. That's that's what I love to do. That's what I, I get so jazzed up about. And what fires me up is those breakthroughs when I can help somebody recognize that something they thought was impossible or difficult is really not that far away and not that hard at all. And you're so right about that. And I want to go back to what you just said. You have said this multiple times and you tell us all this all the time in this mastermind is you, you tell us think bigger, but you also say you have a saying and I'm sorry, it slipped my mind, but it's like think bigger, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to work harder. It's literally just think outside the box, things bigger. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that for us? Yes, that's a great point. 
because myself included in when I first started my entrepreneur journey, when you, when you think big right away, the fear creeps in and all of a sudden it feels scary. Like it's going to be so much work, so hard. How am I going to figure this out? What if I fail? What if it takes over my life? What if it isn't what I hoped it would be? And all those little fear thoughts start creeping in. And, you know, I learned this along my own journey and now it's, it's my pleasure to pay it forward and pass this skills along is that it, it doesn't have to be scary. It definitely does not have to be overwhelming because when you think bigger and you can visualize your long-term goal and that perfect life and you start asking yourself, why not me? Like, why can't I create that dream life? And then you break it down into these small little bite-sized steps. You create the vision first. And then you think about I'm here and that is there. And at first it seems overwhelming and scary, but if you really sit down and think about it and you kind of use a couple of tools and a couple of strategies that I've refined, all of a sudden the bite-sized steps become really obvious and really clear. And then it's not scary anymore and it's not overwhelming and it's not a lot of work and it's not going to take over your life. In fact, you're creating the life Instead of being afraid of the life, you're now creating the life that you visualize that you want. And it's invigorating and not scary when you can break it into those small steps and get just complete clarity on the process of how to get from point A to point B. I will say this. I want to hone in a little bit more on what you said, because this is really big, especially in the world of entrepreneurship, or maybe they are in corporate and they don't want to step outside of their comfort zone. But fear is huge. I mean, you talk to me all the time and I am first to say that hell, I am scared as heck, but you know what? I'm just running and gunning because I have surrounded myself with people that are uplifting and they're like, yes, Shelby, it is scary. Yes, you are going to fall, but it is what you do in order to get up and keep going. Nothing that is successful isn't scary. You have to be willing to face it head on. And I want you to like really deep dive here for me just for a second. So people can really relate to this aspect of it is more common than you think to be scared of what you want to achieve in your life. 100%. Every single entrepreneur is afraid pretty much on a daily basis. There's a level of fear at all stages of, of entrepreneurship. So from startup stage, all the way up the ladder to people who own eight, nine, 10, 11, you know, however big you want to think, everybody yeah. has an element of fear because there's always the unknown. And that's kind of the fun part about entrepreneurship and being a business owner is part of the journey is the unknown, is the adventure, right. is the growth. And failure is part of the game. So right. micro failures, you know, I think about micro failures now 100% as learning tools and I welcome it, bring it on, bring on the failures because then I'm going to learn and I'm going to dust myself off and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do it again better and learn and I'm still going to have micro failures along right. the new process, but every single time I have a failure. I'm going to get up and do it better. So most people have two, they're afraid of one of two things, either afraid to fail, which in entrepreneurship, it's part of the game. Be ready, bring it on. I'm ready to fail any day because I'm going to learn and do it better. And the other fear is fear of success, meaning, and a lot of people don't understand what that means. It means that people are afraid that if I reach this this dream life or this level of success in my business or this revenue point in my business or size or scale of my business, then what if it quote unquote takes over my life? What if now there's more stress? What mm -hmm. if there's more headaches? What right. if you know, my key employee quits? Or what if there is a lawsuit? Or what if, what if, what if, what if? So then all of a sudden there's a fear of success, meaning that when you are growing and expanding and there's more things happening in your ecosystem, more things can go wrong. And so some people will be afraid of that process. It's just so crazy that to like, I, I have never heard of a mastermind truly because I'm like, I'm living a small town. And when I saw that there was an opportunity and I had to ask like, what is this? But obviously we all know like I love and respect Jasmine as a mentor and as a human. And I wanted to learn from her. But I think the biggest key component of being in this mastermind is being aligned with other business owners and entrepreneurs that deal with the exact same mindset that I do every day, which also helps validate that 
you can still do it. You are going to be scared out of your mind. You are going to fail. Imposter syndrome is going to take over. It at that point is who you've surrounded yourself with to help uplift you. And then two, what are you willing to do to overcome those things? And in this mastermind, we don't give each other the opportunity to even sit and sulk in that for more than a minute, five minutes, depending on how long it takes us to actually admit that that's what we're feeling. But I will say that that alone was worth the investment. Now, I want to go back on a few things that you said just because I want while I have you, I'm going to pick your brain, duh, is you talked about a startup and I want you to really hone in on how you really start to pivot from you were a startup, you are a startup. Now let's start thinking bigger. When are, do you get to that point and how do you advise your clients not to be scared of, holy shit, I'm not just a newbie anymore, aka <laughs> your girl, that now it's time to up-level how you think and let's build this thing. Yes, so, that's a great question. So, I mean, I've started a handful of companies, so I've been in the startup place many times. So I get it. I 100%, I understand the burnout and the overwhelm and the fear. You know, you've heard my story before. There were yeah. moments in my early ventures that just brought me to my knees with anxiety, with burnout, with exhaustion, with physical health issues, and just really feeling like I didn't know where to turn and what to do next. And then, you know, there were some processes that I started to implement that completely changed the way that I think. So I use the same tools for myself that I use for my clients. And the first one is, when you just touched on it, is to surround yourself with the right people. And Mm -hmm. one of my favorite principles that I use on myself, because this is what I didn't recognize early on, and part of the reason that I hit that rock bottom and was just completely destroyed uh, at one point in my early stage business, I didn't have the right who's at the right levels. And really what I focus on now is having a team of people that have the experience, like mentors, coaches, people that can guide me that have been there, done that. And a group of them, not just one, because one will have one perspective, but a couple so that I can really learn from a couple of different styles and adapt what works right for me from the mentors and the coaches. Then a team of who's a group of people that I'm partnering and collaborating with that are sort of equal levels. And we're kind of going through those same growing pains together, like what you're talking about in the mastermind, like that camaraderie of working with people and collaborating with people who are going through the growing pains at the same time. And then beneath you, a team of people supporting you and supporting the growth from underneath. And this is hard for early stage entrepreneurs and business owners because it's hard to let go of the control. When you start something that's your baby and you're creating this service or product, whatever it is, and you're so passionate about the way it is delivered to your client, customer, or medical patient, you know, whoever you're serving, you're so protective of about the way you deliver that service or product you do not want to hand that off to anybody else because you assume that that they're not going to do it as good as you. And a lot of people will get stuck at that point. But it's critical to think like a business owner, to, to elevate to the next level. It's critical to have those three teams of who's in place. And you're supported then from above, from aside, beside you and from below. And that's what will propel you to the next step. That's what will really propel you to the next step in addition to breaking down those key benchmarks so that it, it becomes really obvious and really easy to identify just one or two next steps that will elevate your business. Yes. And you hit the nail on the head with that last one because you know your girl is really hard at giving delegating at this point. Because now I will say I'm getting way better because our team is growing and I'm I'm okay with like letting go a little bit, but it is scary as heck. So if you are listening and you're like, that is never going to be me. If I can do it, you can do it. But I want to pivot a little bit into investing in your business because now we have out, we're out of the startup mindset. Now we're into the business mindset. Now we have that cash flow that, okay, now it's time to start investing in our business because if we stay stagnant, that's all we're going to get. And that's all we're going to be. So give us some of your advice on, obviously I already know the answer to this, but the world does it is what is your key takeaways from investing in your dang business? Uh, That's a really great question. So I think there's two ways to think about it. Investing in yourself as the Mm -hmm. business owner and your own leadership growth and your own development to take yourself as a human being 
from being the operator and the person delivering the service and the person doing everything to becoming that entrepreneur leader. So now you're starting to think like you're leading a team more than delivering the actual service. So one is investing in yourself and the second is investing in your business. So I would highly recommend doing a little bit of both. So you're continuously investing in yourself so that you are growing a little bit faster personally than your business is even growing. And simultaneously, you are then investing into your business, meaning you're hiring the right people to support you from underneath, meaning you're investing in the right marketing strategies or the right marketing support. If getting awareness is your number one um, activity or number one place to put your attention, obviously the numbers, investing in the right people to help you with the forecast, with the bookkeeping, managing the cash flow. If it's not something you're comfortable with in order to get to the next level, at some point, you've got to get a little bit comfortable looking at the numbers or having somebody right there by your side, helping you with the numbers and the cash flow so that you can make these appropriate right. investment decisions into yourself and into the growth of the business. Yeah, for sure. And I will say it's very scary to spend that money because if you're like me, you like to like, I don't know, I'm weird, but I was like, oh my God, I've never seen this before in my life. But if it just sits there, it's doing nothing. So like you either can invest in yourself and make you a better leader, a better boss, a better business owner, a better person and really scale for you and your family or your personal goals that you may have, or you can really put it back into your business and and freaking skyrocket. Like, listen, if you do not, first off, let me back up. I should have said this from the very beginning. If you do not follow Casey, do follow her and then hire her or just get up in her DMs (laughs) because I'm telling you, she will make you very uncomfortable in a good way. And like I always said, it's very, you have to get used to being comfortable being uncomfortable. And if you want to be successful, she is definitely um, who you need to talk to. But okay, here's the big one. And I know I've talked about this a lot. And I want you to kind of explain how you did this for me. And y'all, I didn't prep her with these questions. So she's probably like, what's coming next is remember how I told you I would love to retire my husband, I would love to have him home, I would love for him to not have to go to corporate or listen to someone else. So if someone is really, let's do a broader take on this, because I already know the answer to this part, but say they want to leave corporate. What do they need the cushion to be? Or say they want to retire their spouse, whomever that may be. What is your advice in order for them to take that leap of faith or to to go ahead and do that? So that's a great question. And a lot of people have a similar goal to retire their significant other, or there's a certain benchmark that they want to hit from a financial standpoint. Yeah. So when that is the case, I always start with the end in mind. And this is also something I didn't do at the beginning. I did not do this in my first ventures at all. I just, you know, buckled my seatbelt and just got started. But now I'm a lot more strategic about the business and and the way I work with my clients and my own businesses. I always start with the end in mind. What do we want the business to be like in 10 years or 20 years? Or or what, what do we want the revenue to be like? What do we want our lifestyle, meaning our time to be like? What do we want to be doing for fun? I call it the forecast cube. So we're looking at money, we're looking at time, and we're looking at fun. And then we're looking at these specific things like retiring a significant other or leaving a corporate. So if we're thinking about someone who's working at a day job, I have a lot of clients that are medical professionals and are shifting to non-clinical, things like that. So very similar to corporate shifting outside to starting a business. Right. Most of the time, I'll recommend to start a side hustle. Let's beta test the market. So we're going to develop the product or service. We're going to do some market research and some foundational research on, is there a market demand for this product or service? And once we determine that, we're going to do a beta test. We're going to roll out as a side hustle and see if there's enough interest. And how do we gauge interest? We gauge it by like email list subscribers. We gauge it by, um, could be website traffic. It could be a Facebook page. And the best way to gauge it is actual ROI. Somebody is actually paying for this product or service. Once you can get that first customer, assuming that it's not your mother or your sister, Mm -hmm. once you can attract that first customer, then we know we're onto something because now we just need to hone in on who that avatar is, what their problems and needs are. How do we get in in front of more of those people, create an irresistible offer and a killer product or service. And then we start to slowly scale as a side hustle yeah. And we're continuously looking at that forecast that we've created, longer term forecast, and we're and we're slowly closing that gap. We're we're scaling something up, and we're looking at that future forecast, and we're bringing them together, looking at 
where the money is coming in, where money's being invested, looking at how the time balance is, making sure work-life balance is, is in check. There's plenty of time for fun and family and travel and all those things, the reasons why we want to grow a business, freedom, making sure right. all of that is happening and in place and slowly scale up to meet that forecast, looking at critical benchmarks, critical KPI indicators, and we make it happen. I want to go back on one thing that you did say, and it was the fact that you said in your first two businesses, you didn't do this. You just literally hit, buckled up and said, let's go, baby. I want you to tell everybody that it is okay to be late to the game. Like, it's yeah. not that you, if you didn't do it to start, you can start now. Like, it's yes. okay. Yes. Most people don't. But the statistic is what in most startup companies, you know, that people don't really nail it and, and figure it out until the third try. And uh -huh. sometimes it's the third company. Sometimes it's just the third reincarnation of the existing business. It starts one way and then it shifts. And then a little secret that most people also don't realize when they start a business is businesses will innovate and shift every two to three years sometimes in big ways that the outside world can recognize and sometimes in smaller ways, it's a little bit harder for the outside world to recognize, but it's very obvious for the business owner. But businesses yeah. go through growth patterns, not just revenue, but they mature and they innovate, whether it's new products, new services, the way they deliver, who they partner with. Every two to three years, there's pretty significant shift with businesses that are going through a scaling process and growing. Right. And the early stage, if you look at that hockey stick, graph where it's sort of flat for a little while, that's when everybody's figuring it out. They're starting and we're getting revenue and it's it's kind of steady and slowly steady. And then all of a sudden we make an innovation, we make a shift and it starts to spike up. And then we start to learn business skills and we start to learn how to refine the process and make it easier, build the teams. And all of a sudden that's when things propel and accelerate really fast. Yeah. And oh shoot, they're going to have to edit this part because I had a really good thought. Oh man. Oh, well. Um, and I want to touch on the fact that you said this while I go. Nope, I know what it is. Um, and I'm starting to see exactly what you said, though, right now in my business, because we are starting to scale and to the point of where we're making a shift. I'm making a shift. You know, this personal brand versus SCM. What are we doing to separate everything? Am I OK with what is happening? Because, girl, it is scary as hell. But you talked me down and, and you told me that you have to be okay with that. This is a building year. This is not a growth year. And if you are okay with taking some sort of a loss, a little bit of a loss or staying very steady for this year to prepare for 2024 and beyond, then you're golden. And I think that that's what people um, freak out about is they live in the now and they're like, holy crap, we're not, we're not scaling anymore. Our cash flow isn't constantly coming in. Where's all of our money going? But they don't realize that taking a step back, which is going to segue into my next thing, which I cannot wait for you to talk about, but taking a step back and really welcoming the building year versus the growth year. And yes. what do I mean by that? And Casey has enlightened me a lot lately on choosing the clients that you allow to help you grow. And a lot lately, I've been getting hit left and right. And, you know, from people all over the United States wanting to work with us, wanting to do this. And she's really just like helped me hone in on what is going to help with the growth long-term versus the instant gratification. Revenue may be kind of flat when that's happening and that's normal. On the other side of that, when you're putting those building blocks in place and you're putting that core foundation in for the next growth, the new innovation of that business, it will skyrocket when you're lining up those key benchmarks and you've got your hand on the pulse of those triggers, those levers within the business that right. are being readjusted and they're being reacclimated right now. And then you're going to put your foot on the gas and it's going to extremely accelerate. And the other thing that's happening right now during this growth phase is the business owner, aka you, Ms. Shelby, you are now taking on a new identity, a new persona, and you will step out of this phase, a new business owner, a completely new version of yourself. And that's yes. when the business grows. The business owner has to own the identity of the future of the business before the business catches up, if that makes sense. Yes. You have to step into it. Nobody will knock on the door and say, you're ready to graduate to become a senior entrepreneur. That's not going to happen. You actually have to become the next level of entrepreneur and your business will then catch up to you. 
And that's what's happening during these growth phases. It is insane. It's truly insanity because y'all, I remember telling Kate, well, I was getting my mind wrapped around the fact that we are uh, building this year and not growing. Like I was totally fine with it. We're great where we are. I'm solid because we are building a personal or I am building a personal brand and still simultaneously still trying to build, you know, a business that I have. And I remember her telling me we are going to build this year. We are not going to grow and we need to be okay with it. And I was like, okay. And then last week, I was like, holy crap, <laughs> life <laughs> is getting crazy. And it's because I am getting exactly what she just said, more comfortable in the identity that I am speaking to the world. And now they, it is attracting clientele. Is it all the correct clientele? Not always. You're always going to attract people, but you are the person that can hone down in on who it is that you actually want to work with. And also you need to surround yourself with people that are going to be like, that sounds like a great opportunity, but, and then they list out these long things that you're like, well, shit, maybe that isn't the right client. And I'm calling you out here because she's just leveled it down to the point where how I just said, instant gratification will not help you reach your long term goals. And no matter what amount of money somebody tries to walk in and say, please help me do this. They are setting you up for failure at that point because you do not align with that client. And I've learned that from Casey and it is a hard pill to swallow. But if you listen and you just take a minute and you're okay with where you are, because we are fine, then exactly what she said, when you're ready to step on the gas, it will freaking skyrocket. Now, I know that you uh, touched on it a little bit, but I want you to give some examples. I want you to think about some of the clients that I may have mentioned to you about, oh, this person called me or they know me because of this, da, 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 and they want me to work with them. What are some examples of how you were like, made me feel like this client would not align with my values and mission and goals and all that, just so our, my listeners can kind of hear that aspect of it? I know that probably caught you off guard, but go ahead, girl. Yes, with your clients. Okay, so some of the clients that you've shared with me, and I obviously don't know all of them, but a few of them. I think that the clients that don't align, you know, it really it's, it comes down to your core mission of mm-hmm. people that you want to serve and the transformation that you want to deliver to your customer base and right. how you want to do that and how you want your team to implement that. And if a certain client is reaching out to you and their expectations are a bit different, it's maybe it's going to be a completely different process for you or for Mm -hmm. your team. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's going to be a bit of a distraction. It's going to take a lot of energy um, away from you or your team. One of my favorite quotes is Tony Robbins quote, "Where, where focus goes, energy flows. So meaning where you're focusing your time, energy, money, efforts, yours, your teams, your companies, that's what's going to grow. And if there's a client that is a distraction, that is distracting your time, your energy, your team's time, your team's energy, that's everybody's eyes off the prize of where you want your company to grow. So in your cases, there's been a couple of clients that have been sort of one-offs. They've been outside of sort of the standard trajectory, whether it required travel or what have you. And those can be red herrings. They can be more of a distraction and more of a hindrance And helpful to, I mean, yes, they pay, so it improves the bottom line, but the impact to the ecosystem and all of the infrastructure that you're building, it can slow that machine down. So it actually can cost you a lot more than what you're going to earn from that client. So when, when you're giving advice, like, how do I want to rephrase this word? Because I want to give them a little bit more, we're going to edit this part too, but I want to give them a little bit more like, um, if they're like, holy shit, Casey, this is like going to add 25. This is going to be the return on the investment that I just invested into the mastermind. So like the mindset of how do you shift from running a business to the bottom line of it being there to saying, I don't need that right now because in the long run, yeah, they may have yeah. signed a six month contract, but they might only be with you for two years and then you've wasted your time and energy. I know you talked about it a little bit there, but I want to like break it down just a little bit more so we could just pick it up from there. If that okay. makes sense. So if you have a client that is distracting from your time and energy, it, it's going to cost you potentially tens of thousands. And if this client is, maybe they're paying you whatever it might be, $10,000, whatever it might be, you could say from an accounting standpoint, well, this is a break even, but it's not really. Because if it's impacting your ecosystem and what you're building for your long-term goals, it's going to cost you significantly more than that. It could cost you upwards of six figures. So for example, if you're forecast, if your mission is to 
on board 30 new clients this year, or your mission is to hire, you know, two new team members that's going that each are going to service 10 clients each or however many the, the clients are. If those clients are demanding of your time, resources of your team's energy and time. So in a business like yours with social media management, I'd be looking at how many clients you're onboarding, how frequently, how many clients are being handled by each employee, looking at the ROI of each team member and how can you continuously optimize that so that every team member without burning out your team, because that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is making it easy without overwhelm for everybody, which means the systems are in place. But when the systems are in place and it's easy and it's not overwhelming, you are going to increase your productivity and profitability 20, 30, 40, 50%. Um, So it's all about looking at those benchmarks, looking at them frequently and and not getting distracted by those clients that Mm -hmm. take you off track. And then you're going to lose all that productivity and all that efficiency that you're working on building and accelerating. Exactly. And I will say this, like just being in this mastermind and knowing you and knowing some of the other ladies within it is my confidence level has gone through the roof. And I remember texting you last week. I was like, holy crap, I just had this, you know, meeting and whether I get this client or not, I was freaking proud. I was like, who is that person that is speaking, that is confident, that knows and stands their ground that this is the client that I want to serve. And this is the way that I know I can help you in an effective and in a positive way in order to increase your brand awareness for your business. And it's gotten to the point where I gave advice literally yesterday to someone in her increasing her pricing. And she's like, well, Shelby, I've never sent that. And I was like, well, you don't know what you don't know until you know it at the point of you don't know if they're going to accept that new price at your value until you actually send it. And if they don't, that is okay. That is them saying, or that is in my, or whatever anyone believes is, that's my way of God saying, I am paving the way to the bigger opportunities that I have in store for you, or the bigger opportunities that are going to absorb your energy that is going to scale your business even more. And exactly what Casey's saying and exactly what I've learned. And until you've been in business and until you have actually gone through the motions and have learned exactly who do you want to work for? How do you want to uh, perceive the value that you're you're giving your clients and the boundaries that you're setting for yourself, you will not know that. Because I do remember when I first started, I was like, oh, okay, call me anytime, do whatever you want. Like, And all my energy was getting drained from me. And I, how I scaled, I have no idea. But in the same sense is like, I just feel way more mature, way more confident, way more um, to the point that if you don't want to work with me, that is okay. Yes. That is okay. And I think that that's a huge win, especially just from talking to you at what I think we started in February, well, March. And I feel like I've grown tremendously. So taking these like small tactics of what Casey is saying or any business coach is saying is amazing for your business. Let me segue into this now. What is your advice? I already feel like we know this at this point in investing in a coach for your business? And when you are looking for a coach, what are the key factors that you need to be looking for that they make sure that they align with your goals that you want to achieve? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Working with a coach is invaluable, right? Being an entrepreneur, a business owner alone is a lonely road. It's a road to burnout. It's a road to being stagnant. So working with coaches and mentors is critical at all stages of business, you know, whether it's group, private, it's critical. So to get to the next level, if you want to grow, if you don't want to grow and you're, you just want to have a side hustle and keep it small, that's different. But if you want to grow just like athletes, in order for athletes to perform at at their optimal level, they work with the best coaches for them. And it's the same thing with business coaches. It's the same thing as training an athlete. It's the same thing in business, working with a coach that is going to train you um, and help you and guide you that's critical for business owners and finding the right person. A lot has to do with personality, right? Is, is it going to be the right fit? 100% the expectations, letting your coach know what it is that you want. What do you want for your business? What do you want for your life? You know, I do a lot of coaching. I also do a lot of business advising. So I sort of hybrid life coaching, executive life coaching with business advising and business consulting, which I'm doing a bit more of. Because most of my clients 
want to grow and they want to grow quickly. So sometimes I'll dive in with them and partner with them and actually consult and advise and get right and get involved with their business. So is it the right coach for you? Is it somebody that you want more as a life coach or somebody you really want as a business coach or someone who's going to do both? What are your expectations and what do you want to get out of that experience? And also, what are your expectations for the coach? Uh, do you expect for them to be more traditional coach or are you looking for someone who's going to be more of a consultant or advisor and dive in a bit deeper and a bit more hands-on into the business with you, really partner up with you throughout the process? So I think really identifying the personality, what your goals are, being clear about those expectations, your own goals, and being clear about what you want from that coach and making sure that your styles align. Because when it does, it's magic. When right. when the styles align between a, a coach or consultant and a particular client and you're in synergy, things move so fast that it's, it's amazing. It's so fun. It's so rewarding for both parties. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really magical. So <laughs> I, I think that it's, it was critical along my journey. I did, did it alone for a long time. And that's when I really struggled with the overwhelm, the burnout, the anxiety, exhaustion, you know, physical health suffering, not, not taking care of my body, relationship suffering, you know, trying to do it alone and grow a business. Um, it's, it's virtually impossible. Nobody it is, does that. Yeah, it's it's a lonely game, uh, but it doesn't have to be. And I want to touch on this, though, too, is just so people are very, very clear with this is like when you hire a coach, this is not a someone that's going to do it for you. This is someone that is a sounding board. This is someone that's going to push you depending on the, the coach that you align with. I need someone that's going to challenge me, that's going to make me uncomfortable, that's going to push me in order to actually scale my business. Now, not everybody will be like that. So when you are looking for a coach, I would advise that you know the personality traits, like Casey said, of what that coach is known for and what they actually want to do. Get some references, talk to whom they've worked with, see what they do. Like Casey, she's going to push you because if she believes in what you do and what you have to offer, she is going to push you to the potential that she believes that you have. And I'm going to tell you, it gets very freaking uncomfortable. And I'm going to tell you that you're going to be scared out of your mind, but I'm going to tell you that the text I sent her last week, whether she got excited or not, and I know she did because I saw her response, is... I was confident in the fact that this is a client that if I start getting clients like this one on this level, then it is just the sky is the limit. And she has helped me reach that potential and the confidence and saying that this is what you need to do if you want to work with me. And she didn't do that for me. She just aligned with what she knew and what I knew. And she helped me get to that aspect. So I just wanted to make sure that People know that coaching, because I offer coaching too, but coaching does not do it for you. Coaching is your sounding board, your accountability, your person to bounce ideas off of and to really see the stuff that you don't see within yourself because you are your own worst critic. Now, I want to give them a little bit more on scaling your business. So we talked about startup. We talked about thinking like a business owner. We talked about investing in ourselves. Now we are at a six figure business and you're like, Oh my God, I make so much money because I'm like, you know, hell, how do you do that? If you go from corporate making a certain salary to now you, you know, created this business, what is some tips to get you to that seven figure? What are we, what are what should you be preparing yourself with that jump of in the mindset jump, the business structure jump, where do we need to really think of to get to six to seven? That's a great question. So there's three things, mindset, team, and systems. Mindset, first one, you just touched on it with, if you could get more clients like that magical unicorn client that you got, but I would say, take the if out, you got that client. So now every client is going to be that client moving forward. There's no looking back. It's already done. There is no more if that's already happened. You have that client. So now we're only going to accept clients like that moving forward. That's a mindset shift. It's the mindset, the team and the systems, because to go from, you know, low six figures, you can get scrappy and you can get there solo or maybe with just a virtual assistant, you can get there to get to the next level, to scale up multi six figures and start to get to the seven figure mark. You're going to need some people. So starting to relinquish some of the control and being comfortable with other people executing tasks on your behalf is critical to get to the next level and the systems in place that make it easy. So it's not work for you 
to train the other person and you don't have to micromanage them and you don't have to babysit that person, but they're actually bringing value to the, to you. They're bringing ideas. They're, they're actually creating the systems. They're writing their own SOPs and they're, they're helping optimize the way that you are serving the clients. That is the name of the game to get to the next level. It's taking yourself out of the day-to-day tasks you know, I, I tell people all the time, if you are a solopreneur and you're doing all your social media posting, or you are writing and scheduling all of your email blasts, or you are, you know, really wanting to master every single tech tool, but your business is not a tech industry, then you're hurting yourself because other people can do that. And really at some stage, you need to be starting thinking about those levels of who's, who can you partner with? Who can you collaborate with? Who are you going to talk to? It's that right bigger client, the next level whale client, the current client you have now. How do we think bigger than even that client? And how are we going to and who are we going to talk to to attract those bigger clients? So the mindset, thinking bigger, always thinking about who are we going to talk to with bigger clients, bigger networking, coaches that think bigger, programs that think bigger, surrounding yourself with a community of people that think bigger and then getting comfortable removing yourself from those day-to-day tasks and putting yes. layers of people to execute those tasks, making sure you're getting the ROI, of course, on your team members, those key benchmarks for everybody who you're bringing on the team um, and the system so that it's easy. So this process is not overwhelming. It is not work for you. It is not exhausting. You don't feel like a babysitter, but you feel invigorated um, in this. Right now, I and one of my companies are bringing on 10 new people right now. We're taking a small company. Yeah, you so- are and I'm invigorated by that. You know, this is not, this doesn't feel like more time. This is going to help me be able to serve other business owners and do more business coaching because I will have a bigger infrastructure in one of my other companies that did take some of my time. And now I'm putting layers in place of people that are extremely skilled and experienced and I'm comfortable with them representing uh, what we do with that company. That's what it's all about. That's how you scale from the solopreneur to that next level is take yourself out of the task, make, feel really confident in who you're bringing on the team that they can do it as good or maybe even better than you can. And then start surrounding yourself with a who's that are going to allow you to think bigger. Think about that whale client you got last week. How are we going to get more of those? And honestly, how are we going to get go for bigger fish than even, even right. that? How are we going to double the retainer of what who the current whale is? Now, if you already have him, he's already a minnow. Now we need the next whale. It's already... We are that one's already done. Now we're already going for the next one. You see, guys, this is why you should hire her. She's like, oh, we're we're thinking bigger now. We need to think bigger every time we hit that big uh, benchmark. Exactly what she said. I'm so happy. We're not done yet, though. I'm so excited to have you, though. And I know that it is fearful with a lot of things that she's saying, a lot of things that we may have talked about, because if you are a business owner or say you want to leave corporate and start a business and you don't know anything yet, that is okay. She's been in the business how long? Oh, I've been coaching for 13 years. So she's been doing it for 13 years. I've been doing it. We just hit two years. I feel like I've been doing it for about 10, but you will never know everything. And if you just align yourself with someone that knows more than you, or that can help you get to that next level, then you're winning already. So don't feel like this podcast isn't or wasn't for you because it is. There is somewhere that you can start. Now let's shift into the exciting part. I want to talk about the mastermind a little bit. Um, I want to talk about what you are excited about the most with it. Um, The connections that we made, just like give me some word vomit and then I'm going to end with some personal things. So go ahead, girl. Uh, Oh my gosh. The mastermind has been awesome. I think we're halfway through it. It's been awesome uh, meeting everybody, um, learning all about different personalities, the way everybody's approaching their business differently being pushed outside my box. I am by no means a social media expert. So you push me outside my box with videos and learning little tips and tricks on Instagram, you know, nuances. So, you know, just picking up, I think on skills from other people in the group and being able to share has just been an awesome experience. I don't know how it has been for you, but that's how, that's how it's been for me. I love it just because of we've talked about it a little bit in this episode and we talked about, you know, one being in a group with such like-minded humans or humans that see the potential within ourselves that we don't necessarily allow ourselves to see. So that to me is really, really big. And then two, the loneliness that it comes with being an entrepreneur. There is a lot 
that people don't talk about. And I grew up of parents of entrepreneurs. I mean, they were entrepreneurs. They built their business from the ground up. One was a dairy farmer and one was a, a beautician and they made a business and now it's awesome. And, but I will say that the, th- the key is this is a lot of people that have been entrepreneurs don't really talk about the hardships and they don't talk about what it takes to get there. Or maybe I was ignorant and just didn't ask the questions, but in this mastermind, it is such a I'm going to say sisterhood because at this point it's all women. It's just such a great connection that we've made. And the fact that we did our in-person event first instead of last, I think that that escalated things even more to the point of, I got to know you. I saw you in person. It's just not the screen time that we got to see, even though we felt like we knew each other. I mean, we've all Zoomed multiple times. We've all, we have each other's phone number. It's amazing. And we just want to help each other scale in the ways that we can provide a service for them. And like she just said, she wasn't a social media person until she met me. Well, there's a few more obviously in the group, but I will say, she always tells me that she said, Shelby, no one has ever gotten me to sing in my car. No, you're the only one who gets me to sing in the car. I literally, I'm I'm due for another singing in the car. I know. You need to get off this podcast, go drive just down the street. Say, Steve, I'll be right back. I need to go sing in the car real quick and post it and tag Shelby. (laughs) Okay. Talk about social media real fast. Let's, we can wrap up with that, but social media, how has it been a game changer for your business? Has it helped you within the last few months? Cause I didn't know you before, obviously the mastermind, what role is it playing within your business now versus before the mastermind or how have you seen it skyrocket your business a little bit more? Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, you are definitely the social media expert. So I am speaking as the amateur here when it comes to social media. And I've, I have social media accounts for different businesses I've had over the years. And Mm -hmm. um, I always, I think it's very important. It's critical, honestly, to have social media presence. I do not think that any business, personal brand or professional brand um, should operate without social media or leaving a lot on the table. 100%. So um, I am a big advocate for utilizing social platform, whichever ones are appropriate for your business. I think it is critical. Um, You know, I am not an influencer. I have smaller audiences. I like social media to uh, represent yourself, your business, what you stand for and your core philosophy. So whether it is your business principles Right now in the mastermind, we're doing a lot with personal branding, all of us. So we're sprinkling in some of our personal principles into our social channels. I like to educate on, on social. Yes. Um, so I tend to be a little bit more of the educator, a little bit less of the playful. I'm working on that with the singing in the car. I'm working yes. on being a little more playful. Um, <laughs> but I think it's really important to let people see behind the scenes on yes. social. Um, you know, Instagram is where I spend the most time and I, I'm getting ready to launch a YouTube channel. Um, but Instagram is where I spend the most. And I think it is just so important for people to be able to identify and connect with you on social. Um, yes. It's like so a different level. Yes. I love it. And I love your response. Cause you know, I can talk about social literally all day, every day. That being I said, it. I do like email for business even more than social. So I, with my clients and my own businesses, uh, have a rule that the email list needs to be significantly larger than oh, yeah. the following. Yeah, I will say I will say that I used to think the opposite uh, because I was naive and dumb. But this mastermind are, are the two things that we are really focusing on. It's personal branding, and, and another one is growing your email list because, in all reality, that is building a deeper connection. And I love it because I love the connections I'm building on social, and I've seen a whole new light of connections that I've built within the last I don't even know four months, three months. And email as well. Like when I get responses, I'm like, oh my God. Like one time this girl sent me this really long response. And I was like, I love you for it. And I'm glad you felt the need to tell me why it got you got to where you are within your business now. Like she left corporate. She told me her whole thing. And I was like, oh my God, I love that you did that. And I wish more people would do that because I do care. Okay. We're harsh ending, but I'm excited. Not harsh ending, but harsh stop, whatever. This question is going to stop you in your tracks. Maybe not. I don't know. It stopped me in my tracks. Okay, everyone. I did my brand video last week or whatever. They interviewed me and I was telling Casey before the episode, I don't really prep my interviewees because I want to hear that raw and more conversational aspect. And they did this to me. And I just want you to sit for a second and think about it and then just spill it. Okay. If you could go back and tell your younger self something, what would it be? 
So this, that's a good question, right? What would you tell your younger self? Depending on what age you're talking about. But early on in my journey, I think what I would tell my younger self is you do not have to do it alone. I think that would be my number one takeaway. Absolutely. And would your younger self be proud of where you are today? Yes. I, my younger self would be proud. Um, and my younger self would have got here a lot faster if she did not try to do it alone. And she did not try to c- carry the world on her shoulders, which then caused her to crumble. Um, so my younger self would be proud and would have gotten here much faster uh, had she not tried to take it all on and be superwoman completely alone. Well, good. Well, thank you so freaking much for being a part of this podcast and letting me interview you and giving us all the goods, especially for this community. I think it's very valuable for them to hear from you um, and what your knowledge can bring to the table. Take a second, tell us where they can find you on social, email, whatever the case may be, as well as if they want to hire you, girl, where can they find you? So I'm um, on Instagram at Casey D'Amato and also my website at Casey D'Amato. We've got some free tools and goodies there for entrepreneurs, early stage and people who are scaling. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Casey D'Amato and soon to be YouTube channel that will be coming later this year. And well, that's exciting. And real quick, last thing, um, how can they hire you? Can they hire you for life coaching and business coaching? One or the other. How does this work? Yes. So right now I have three services available. Um, I work with clients one-on-one, what I called concierge coaching. So it's executive coaching, which is a combination of life and business. Also developing some group programs that will be launching once a quarter that will be a single day deep dive. Let's get in in a group program and then some implementation coaching as a group beyond that. And the third service, which is brand new, which is business advising and consulting. And this, I only work with two companies at a time where Mm -hmm. I really come in and partner with that company to scale them to the next level, whether that year, whether that launch. And I really come in and help them with their operations, their systems, building the team, really diving deep into the KPIs and metrics and really become a core partner with them. And I'm really integrated in their machine, even with their team members, helping nurture the team, team growth and implementing all the systems. So there's really three ways, working one-on-one private coaching. We sit down, we, we identify our goals and we put some benchmarks and steps in place and we, we get there. Number yeah. two, group coaching in a one day uh, program with some group implementation. And number three, I can get my hands dirty and come all up in your business with you and your team and we can go at it together and get you to the next level. Well, that is so awesome. Thank you so much again, y'all. This episode is jam-packed. Well, was jam-packed and we hope that you like everything that you heard. If you like this, please leave a review, comment, share, and go follow Casey on um, social media. Until next week, let's freaking get it. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in to Damn Good Content by Shelby Claymall. Um, If you really enjoyed this podcast, please go ahead and like, subscribe, and share it with anyone that you know may want to hear this. And tune in next week because we will have a brand new episode waiting for you. Have a great day.